Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Tennessee Titans continue to add to their coaching staff, but players will soon be headed out the door, namely a group of uh, high-profile free agents, some of whom we have discussed often on this podcast, such as quarterback Ryan Tannehill, running back Derrick Henry. But uh, players like that hitting the free agent market means it's not that long until other free agents will be coming in. And uh, it is the uh, it is that time of year where things seem possible. The, uh, the chances to fix a broken roster or plug holes or however you want to describe it uh, seems likely even, depending on how optimistic a fan you are. And so we will, uh, we will get into the free agency, the pending free agency period, along with uh, some other things on this episode of the Believe in Titans podcast, back together with the full lineup after a week on the sidelines. John Glenn of the Nashville Post, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. Denard Walker, former Titans cornerback. Denard, how are you? I'm doing great this evening, David. How are you doing? I am great also, and I am David Beauclair. I, I mentioned the uh, the additions to the coaching staff. Colt Anderson has been hired as special teams coordinator. He spent the uh, last four years as a special teams assistant with the Cincinnati Bengals, so he's someone Brian Callahan knows well. Scott Fuchs has been added as assistant offensive line coach. You can make a joke here, I guess, about the fact that the uh, the offensive line is in such need of repair that not only do you need an offensive line coach, but also an assistant offensive line coach. But that is actually fairly common in the NFL these days. What is unusual is that Fuchs is in the NFL. This is a guy who's been a college coach for 30 years, never been in the NFL most recently, he spent the last three years at the University of Kansas. So to a certain degree, he will be learning on the job even as he teaches. And then uh, Steve Donatel has been hired as a defensive assistant. He did the uh, did the same job last year with the Miami Dolphins, uh, has been a quality control coach like, uh, like Brian Callahan. He is a second-generation coach, Ed Donatel, who was most notably – Defensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings at one point uh, is Steve Donatell's father. So, uh, so he and the head coach have that in common. That uh, that pretty much fills out the coaching staff openings at this point. I don't think there's anything significant now that needs to be filled. Uh, you know, Colt Anderson, obviously the most uh, most important. One there, a special teams coordinator, but uh, but we mentioned that the NFL free agency period it it'll be uh, it'll be three weeks before when the until the spending spree starts, uh, and the Titans do have money to spend. John Glennon, uh, talk to us about how much money they have to spend and and who you like among uh, potential additions to this roster. Yeah, it's it's really interesting for a change. It seems like almost every year. Um, you know, this kind of this time of year, we've kind of cautioned uh, uh, fans a lot to say, "Look, let's not get our hopes up, you know, too high." 
Titans don't have a ton of money. They're probably not going to be spending a lot. Uh, this year, it's it's different, as you say. Uh, I think they're over $60 million in, in cap space, which I believe is the second most uh, in the NFL. So this is a year where conceivably you could spend that money. Now, do you want to spend it, you know, maybe re-signing a free agent or two on your own team? Maybe, but certainly there are plenty of holes to be filled on this team. Um, and there are some interesting, interesting names out there in free agency. You know, I think when you when you look maybe at the uh, uh, wide receiver spot, I think, which is certainly a needy position for the Titans, uh, several names, big names and, and some lesser names pop up. You know, I think the perfect fit would obviously be T. Higgins from Cincinnati. Uh, you know, played under Brian Callahan as an offensive coordinator. He's an Oak Hill native. Uh, you know, he's a young guy, and he's already put up some pretty good numbers. But from all everything, it sounds as if uh, T. Higgins is probably going to get franchise tagged. Um, other big names out there, Mike Evans, Tampa Bay, 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons. Crazy. He's going to want big, big money. I don't know if the Titans are going to go in that direction. I think Calvin Ridley, though, might might be reasonable. You're going to have to spend some dollars, yes. The Titans do have those dollars, and he's a downfield threat. Last two full seasons, over 1,000 yards, um, and uh, combined 17 touchdowns. And then maybe if you want to go into the kind of the lesser uh, names, but still have some potential, guy like Buffalo's Gabe Davis uh, doesn't have a ton of catches, um, but he's been very productive. He's a good you know, yards-after-catch guy. He can get deep. He's got some pretty good speed. Uh, and then one other that, that comes to mind, Darnell Mooney uh, from Chicago, you know, played under the new uh, wide receivers coach, Tyke Tolbert, uh, in Chicago. Um, and he is certainly a deep threat. His numbers, on the, the kind of the troubling thing is his numbers went down the last two years under Tolbert previous to his first two years, which were which were really productive. So those are those are some of the wide receiver, and I'll, I'll go into tackle too because I figure that's kind of the other most needy position in my opinion. Uh, and the, and the um, the the pool is not an especially great one uh, at tackle, specifically left tackle. Probably not surprising, you know. Tyron Smith, I think, is probably going to be without question the most talented guy out there. But he's thirty three. He hadn't played in a ton of games over the last four years. And he'll still probably be looking for big money because he's got a great resume over the years. But I don't know if that's the right guy. To me, maybe if you're really trying to fill this hole in left tackle, maybe New England's Trent Brown is the guy for you. Uh, monstrous guy, 6'8", 370. Um, he's, also, he's only played in 42 games over the past four years, something to keep in mind. But 28 of those in the last two years had a great uh, PFF grade last year, 80.2 overall. Um, only allowed three sacks. So I think that's an option. Uh, and there's some other names that if you wanted to go right tackle and, and figure you're going to try and fill your, uh, um, you know, left tackle in the draft, uh, you know, you can do that too. But those are some of the names, uh, I guess, are the two most needy positions. Cornerback has some also, but we can we can continue to touch on that later. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it certainly – that's what you say when you talk about this time of year, how exciting it can be for the fans. You, you think about, say, a, a Mike Evans in a in a Titans uniform, a guy who makes it just makes it look easy. And uh, and T Higgins is a guy I know fans have been talking about even since late in the the twenty twenty three 
season and you know a, a Tennessee native a guy they would be they would be hugely excited about but uh yeah by all I, I all indications are Cincinnati has no plans to to let him go a, a guy who's a, a number two receiver on that team you know behind if you will Jamar Chase but but clearly number one receiver talent and ability Denarda uh, you know you you know it's not just about uh it's not just about finding good players. It's about finding the right players to do what you want to do uh, the way you want to do it. We don't necessarily know exactly what, uh, what Brian Callahan and this coaching staff is looking for right now. But, uh, but as you, as you look at the free agency list who who jumps out at you as, as guys who could make a real difference here, potentially. Uh, that's easy for me. Cause I'm down here in Dallas and, you know, Derek's down here training, but, uh, one name and John mentioned that was Tyron Smith. I'm very familiar with him. Um, was going into his 14th season, he's 33 years old, and he is as consistent as it gets. The problem with Tyron over the last few years has been his health. But I'm gonna tell you something, David. When he's in that lineup, he is a monster to reckon with. You know what's interesting is he just uh, finished up that eight year. Uh, contract that he signed in 2014. I think they paid him $97.6 million. So he's, and he's not considering, you know, he came out uh, in the media the other day, David, and he said, listen, I'm not ready to retire. And when you look at this offensive line for the Titans, this was their Achilles heel. And what they need is veteran leadership. So let's say you go out in free agency, David and John, and you get a Tyron Smith. And let's just say, and then Titans at that number seven position. And they say, listen, we got a young quarterback that we say, hey, he can play for the next 10 years. He can be our leader. And instead at that number seven pick, you go out and you get Alu Fashionu out of Penn State. So he comes in. He's one of the top left, if not the top left tackle in the business. You might get a one-year deal with Tyron. I mean, I know he's looking for big money, but you're talking about a guy going into it, excuse me, a player of his caliber going into his 14th season. Sometimes you got to get what you can get in this market. Yeah, and for a guy like Tyron Smith, his you know his age is one of those. It does catch your attention, but but you've seen guys play that position for a long, long time yeah. in this league. You know, a guy like Jackie Slater comes to mind, or yes. Anthony Munoz, or you know, certainly your former teammate who started as a tackle played everywhere. Oh, Bruce Matthews, you know the 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 guys who are durable seem to be durable for a long time. And, and I, I think it'd be easy to convince yourself that, uh, that, that, yeah, that would be, uh, that, that would be money well spent. I, I think, I think, you know, the obvious connections we, you know, we saw how much existing connections meant to Mike Vrabel over the last six seasons and, and to John Robinson as a GM before that, uh, I think, John, you mentioned right tackle possibilities. Jonah Williams out of uh, Cincinnati, who was first round pick in 2019, 11th overall, a, a guy who, you know, estimates are he's going to command upwards of $15 million a, a year. Um, that, that, that's a, that's a big price to pay. I, I think depending on what else you want to do, but, uh, but I think back to 2019 when San Francisco made the Super Bowl and Rand Carthen uh, being a part of that organization before he came to the Titans, you know, that, that 2019 49ers team had, 
I think four first round picks on the offensive line. They, uh, you know, they, that's a franchise that had really loaded up and focused on the offensive line. And when you think, well, mm-hmm. they, they picked Peter Skaronsky last year with their first round choice. Uh, you know, how often are they going to do that? I, I think, uh, I think Rand Carthen might be inclined to, to, you know, as, as you're suggesting, Denard, pick in the first round and spend big in, in free agency one way or another there. Um, you know, another guy, this is, this isn't, uh, this isn't big money, but, uh, I want to throw this out there, get, get people's reactions. You know, Will Levis is obviously going to be the quarterback. Ryan Tannehill's moving on. Presumably Malik Willis is, is going to be traded or cut or something. You know, I don't know that Malik Willis is doing you a lot of good as the number two. So what about Gardner Minshew? As yeah. a an experienced guy to help Will Levis and be a proven backup who can win games for you, in the event something happens to Will Levis or he uh, or he just really struggles and you feel it, uh, you know he needs a break at some point. Any 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 disagreement there? Not from me. I, you know, I, I think that's a, a great uh, option because as you mentioned, he's not. He's not only one of those backups that you go in there and, and just hope that he's not going to uh, soil the bed by by throwing, you know, two interceptions and getting sacked eight times in a row. He's actually a backup that you put in there and think, hey, we still got a good chance at winning this game and then maybe winning a couple more starts down the road. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it would be great from that aspect. And as you mentioned, too, serve as a as a mentor for, for Levis. You know, and, and I mean, he, he played last year on a one-year – three and a half million dollar contract with the Colts. So it's not like this is a guy who has an overinflated sense of worth either. And, and, and Denard, you can speak to, you know, you were with the Titans when, when, well, first it was Dave Craig and then Neil O'Donnell came in here and, uh, and, and there's value too, to what those guys can do for the defense. You know, I, I know Neil O'Donnell was, uh, you know, he demanded to be the scout team quarterback so he could get his work in during the week and, uh, you know, talk about how valuable that was to you guys then. Well, it salvaged that season when uh, Steve got hurt, you know, and yeah. Steve was gone for about six weeks. And I think we were five and one going into that Rams game, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was after the first game and you, you went four and one with Neil and quarterback that year. Yeah. One, And I still remember uh, when Steve came back, it was uh, a, that St. Louis game. And what was interesting about that is they booed Steve. <laughs> Uh, when he got the start, the nod, uh, because they went uh, in favor, uh, Steve, over Neil. And our team, we were hot. I mean, we were rolling with Neil. And there was, you know, there was a lot of guys kind of, you know, kind of scratching their heads, David, saying, listen, man, if, if it's not broke, uh, let's not try to fix it. But we knew that Steve, eventually he was going to, you know, you're going to have to put your starter back in. But when you're talking about, your veteran quarterback, you're talking about one of the most position, one of the most important positions on the team. Because if your if your starter goes out, the question is, is, is take for instance San Francisco. Great prime example is San Francisco. Yeah, Hello, he has signed that. What was it? That deal? That that massive contract three or four about about a few years back. He ends up having a little injury bug, and then what happened? They end up. They Trey Lance was supposed to take over. He was supposed to be an interparent. Uh, to to Garoppolo, he was supposed to take over and take that team to the Super Bowl, and they had some guy, mystery relevant out of Iowa State, 199th pick, or and name, and what happened? 
what he happened. He got hurt. He got Everybody, hurt early in the championship game. Everybody, just like a lot of you riders, like David Beauclair and John Glennon, you consistently put this young man down, and the <laughs> only thing he has done is win. So tell me, the most valuable, the val- most valuable commodity that you can have on a team is your backup quarterback, and you're talking about Gordon Minshew. Now, wasn't it last year, David, in that uh, Indianapolis game? that uh, Anthony Richardson got hurt and some guy named Minshew comes in and torched that Titans defensive unit. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's torched them. He's torched the Titans a few times. So they, <laughs> so, they certainly, uh, through like, a game-winning touchdown pass in overtime here at, uh, here at Nissan Stadium, at, which, you know, to a guy that, that probably also is worth mentioning as a, a free agent possibility, although I'm, I'm not sure the Colts are going to let him go either. Michael Pittman is uh, is another wide receiver that uh, I think would deserve a lot of attention if if he gets out there. But uh, but yeah, Minshew uh, Minshew, I, I, I think I think the Titans certainly need to uh, whether they keep Malik Willis or not, they need an experienced hand at uh, at that position to to provide some sort of clarity at points and help, uh, help translate things for one or both of those young guys. And, uh, and also uh, to also to push him a little bit too. Don't you think like, you know, yeah. if, 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 you know, if by some chance, and I don't think this will happen, if by some chance it's going to be Will Levis and Malik Willis one and two next year, which again, I, I don't think it'll happen, but if it was, you could certainly make the argument that, that Will Levis isn't going to feel a lot, a lot of backside pressure uh, at all, you know, if he if he you know has a has a couple or three bad games in a row, you know, after what we've seen from Malik Willis, it would still take a lot, I think, for Malik Willis to jump in there. Where is if you've got a, a Gardner Minshew back there, a guy who's a proven uh, a commodity in the game and who can win some games, you know, and and is practicing well and and picks up the system right away, it's a little bit of more competition for uh, for Will Levis, a little bit more backside pressure on him to maintain at a at a high level. Yeah, but uh, you know the the idea with a guy like that too is that he won't need a lot of practice time. He can he can sort of he's smart enough and experienced enough can pick up things quickly. I, I know that's uh, in '97 when Dave Craig was signed. That was the you know Dave Craig I think was like 37, 38 years old at the time, and the thinking was he's a guy who doesn't need to practice, probably doesn't want a lot of practice, which means young Steve McNair, uh, you know, could could get all the reps in practice and they feel good about that. And I think that's probably where you are with Will Levis at this point, you know, every single rep in practice, the the more he can get, uh, the, the, the better it will be. John, John, you mentioned earlier, cornerback was something we probably needed to talk about too. Christian Fulton and Sean Murphy bunting, of course, last year, starting cornerbacks, both among the, the Titans players scheduled to hit free agency. Um, Neither one of them was, was you know, I, I would say great last year. Bunting certainly played well at times. Um, uh, you know, the, the name that jumps out at me at that position is Kendall Fuller, a, a guy who has started 93 games in this league, a, a guy who has played at least 13 or more games every year he's been in the league, and he's had five seasons with multiple interceptions, uh, um you know that that seems to be a position that that is harder than some others to find the right guy in free agency. But that that was the name that jumped out off the page to me. How about you, John? That was the name I put in print uh, earlier this week. David was uh, was was Kendall Fuller. Um, I say I think 
there are two really elite guys, um, you know, that are scheduled to become free agents at, at the cornerback position. Uh, Jalen Johnson had a tremendous year for the Bears, uh, had had four picks, uh, still a young guy, um, you know, had a uh, um, just just did a great job in general for the Bears. And then the other one is Legereus Sneed in Kansas City. Um, and uh, his the, the quarterback passer rating against Legereus Sneed this year, 66. It's pretty solid. <laughs> pretty uh, tidy. And over the, yeah. And uh, over the last two years, he's had five picks, 25 uh, pass breakups, three forced fumbles. A great, great player. The only downside on him is he had 18 penalties called against him this year, which led the league. So that's one thing I guess you got to accept in the package. Anyway, those two guys are kind of the elite guys. But from what it sounds like, they're both going to be franchise tagged. That's when I kind of directed to, to who might be next best and i do think fuller is that that guy and you mentioned some of the numbers a thousand snap over a thousand snaps each of the last three years uh his pff grade over the last three years over 75 each one of them and in that stretch uh six picks and 26 pass breakups and not to mention he's a fuller uh right denard and and we've uh there's certainly been a a fuller and the uh and the titans secondary in the past and uh you know, perhaps he would carry the torch from his uh, his older brother, uh, Vincent Fuller, of, of years gone by. Vincent Fuller, a a, a very useful uh, and interesting player for the Titans for a period of time there. Denard, I, I mentioned it, it seems like it's hard to find great corner, uh, you know, a, a guy like Darrell Rivas who moved around and could plug in anywhere, you know, Deion Sanders did it in his day. I mean, those guys are, are super elite, of course, but you know, you can certainly speak to this as a cornerback going from one defense to the next. What is, uh, what, what is the most unique challenge there? What, what makes it, uh, what makes it difficult or maybe it, maybe, a little tougher than some other spots to, to find the right guy at cornerback. Do you think? Yeah, that's interesting. That's, you know, the, the, the best thing about free agency is getting paid. The <laughs> hardest part about free agency is that you're going into a new system. So you got to look at it. You look at it like this. I went from Greg Williams, you know, who basically taught me how to play the game from the get go and got better in a Greg Williams system. And then you go from Greg Williams to Ray Rhodes so that's that's night and day, but not really because they, they were very similar in their calls. So you have to understand as a corner, when I go into free agency and I go and I'm looking at, a, let's say, a Tennessee, I need to get with their secondary and the defensive coordinator and say, listen, what kind of calls are you going to how, how are you going to call a game? Are you trying to be aggressive or are you looking to play man to man? So when you look at, you know, when you look at players, sometimes ultimately they're judged, they get paid on what they did at their previous organization. You, you're paying them to come in and try to replicate and do the same thing. And that's not always the case. So the one thing you want to make sure is that the way that defensive coordinator calls a game, it's much like uh, your previous employee, because if not, you can get in a lot of trouble. Let's say, for instance, you're not a man-to-man corner. Well, you don't need to go to a team that's probably playing 60 to 70% man-to-man. So let's say they're a cover two team. You want to go if you're a cover two corner. You see what I'm saying? You got to go where you, where the system that you thrived at before. Because if not, that's how you can get in trouble in this game. Okay, but you're a man to man corner, and a team that plays zone is offering you four years at ten million dollars. 
while the the team that plays man to man is offering you three years at seven million dollars per. How hard is it to say, eh, that I need to I need to take the less money for the better situation? The million dollar difference. Yeah. Well, you got to see how they go structure the contract first. <laughs> you can make that up, believe it or not. But um, I, you know what? You know, let me just kind of give you an example. Is I played in two systems where I flourished, and that's in Tennessee, and that's in Denver, because they were both similar. A lot of cover two, a lot of man to man, and a lot of scheming. Then you go to Minnesota where they want to play 90%. And I mean, 90% of man to man. And I was 30 years old. I wasn't ready to take on that responsibility and I struggled. So again, it's, it's hard. That's why you always go through the draft. And when you look at this draft this year, David, it's loaded. They got some uh, monsters coming out this year. And you're talking about the Titans picking at number seven. There are some great players. You're talking about Cooper DeJean. Uh, Rackstraw, I mean, TJ Tampa, and then the boys from Tampa, McKenzie and Arnold. I mean, they got some playmakers. So if you're Rand Carthon, you got a tough decision to make. Yeah, it's, uh, and that, that, uh, that, that'll lead us into our next point. Then, uh, of course, the NFL draft is right behind free agency. As it stands right now, the Titans have the number seven pick in the first round, number 38 overall is their second round pick. Uh, Nothing in the third round, meaning they have zero picks between 38 and 107. So as we're building this roster here tonight, uh, John, are, are, is it better to pick at 7 and 38? Or is it better to trade one or both of those picks and see how many uh, how many guys you can acquire there in the first three rounds? Uh, if I'm uh, Rand Carson, I'm certainly listening. I'm certainly doing a lot of listening as far as potential trading back uh, because, you know, again, this is not a team that needs one or two or even three players to, to really complete things. This is a team that needs a lot of work and you're going to need to draft a lot of players. There haven't been a lot of good drafts here uh, of late. Um, so now, you know, the way I look at it on that first round pick to me, it, I, I think the Titans top priority is, is left tackle. Um, so if I think, or, or if Joe Alt, or Olu Fashanu, uh are are available there. The, the prime left tackles. I say sorry, guys. I'm, I'm uh, nice of you to call and ask for the the trade, but I got to have a left tackle, a starting left tackle we can build around. So I'm not even thinking about trading there. Now, if both of those guys are gone, certainly you would you would think maybe one of the wide receivers, you know, Malik Neighbors, perhaps, um, you know, might might still be around, uh, or Roman Dunze from Washington. Um, but I would still think about trading if, if one of the wide receivers is there. Um, but uh, I tell you what, if, if all four of those guys, uh, tackles and wide receivers are already gone, I'm really, really interested in, in thinking about moving back because I, I think those are the, the two biggest needs, but you can still get wide receivers um, you know, later in the draft. Now, at pick 38, I am definitely, I'm thinking, open for business on that because you figure – you will have either gotten one of your two key guys, either a tackle or a wide receiver at number seven. Um, and especially if you get the tackle first, I think there's enough wide receivers that you're not desperate to take another one right there at 38. You can you can trade out, go back a little bit, still get some pretty good wide receiving help. So I think that's the, the pack that I would be most likely to take. Keep that number seven, especially if a tackle is there. 38, yeah, I'm definitely open to, to moving back in 38 
and and opening things up and getting some more uh, trade or draft capital because, as we say, there haven't been a whole lot of good drafts here of late, and you probably need to replenish the ranks as best you can. Denard, what say you? Are you working the board to see who your top seven players are and and, and sitting there, or uh, do you think you can you can do better by uh, by turning that into some some additional picks? Well, considering their past, uh, I mean, they haven't had a, a great draft class in a while. But wow, I mean, you're talking about what are you at thirty eight in the second round, and then you had number seven. Yes. Uh huh. Oh. That's what on I'm the phone, Denard. They're asking you. They're on the phone. Uh, right I'm now. not. First of all, I have. I'll be. You know, this is where you have to do your homework, David. You got to ask yourself, what am I willing to, you know, give up? You know, I mean, if if, if that's where you want to do, if you feel like we need to go ahead and trade up to get these, you know, especially the first two or three picks, or you know, give this draft pick away, then do it. You know, that's the thing about Rand Carthon. The one thing they're going to have to do, I think, in the, those first two picks, they got to address the left tackle position, and then they, they got to address the receiver. And I, regardless of what they do, if if Olaf Ashanu was there, you've got to get him. I mean, this this young man at six six three seventeen is the best offensive tackle in the country. He was the what the reigning offensive lineman in the Big Ten. Is it the Big Ten or Big Twelve now? What does they call it? Big that? Ten. They're the Big yeah, they Ten. Keep they keep changing it. And then all of a sudden, you think about it, wide receiver. I do believe that Xavier Worthy will be there somewhere in that second to maybe mid, you know, that mid round. So you're talking about an explosive receiver. I think he could be there and he can be that deep threat for you. And he brings that youth. I've actually had a chance to watch him play. And this young man is an exciting player. And I think he'll be a great asset to Tennessee. So if you can go out and get these two, they're definitely going to show up that offensive line and that receiving core. Yeah, and the the thing is, I mean, we all like to we all like to talk about these things, but uh, you know the 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 proof the the name is one one thing versus the the pick, right? That if you've got a, a, a Fashani or an Alt right there, like to both of your points with the left tackle, I mean, those guys for all, I mean, everybody agrees they look like elite guys who are going to be starters from the day they walk in the door until the day they walk out the door, whatnot. You know, gathering picks is nice, but it doesn't guarantee you anything. And I'd take you back to 2016 when, when John Robinson did a pretty nice job, started with the number one overall pick, made a couple trades, ends up with four of the top 45 picks and five of the top 64 did real well picking Jack Conklin at, at number eight overall, but then three second round picks, 33, 43, 45, Kevin Dodd at 33, you whiff completely. Austin Johnson at 43. He's an okay player. He's still in the league. In fact, he'll be a free agent this go around again, but, uh, but not, not a guy who ever became a starter here in four years. Uh, certainly not what you would expect from a uh, from a second round pick. Then you get Derrick Henry at forty five, home run, slam dunk, whatever sporting metaphor you want to throw at it. Great, Kevin Byard in the third round, home run, slam dunk, same sort of thing. Um, you know, I I think what you're doing, it's important to I think to remember more likely if you collect picks. All you're doing is creating insurance for yourself so that if because you're not going to hit most likely on every single pick, 
But if you get enough picks, the chances are you're going to hit on some of them. And that is, uh, you know, that's what happened in 2016. And uh, I do think there is a, uh, I do think there is a possibility to, to do that this year. But, but I also think back one of the, uh, one of the smartest things Ken Wisenhunt said in his brief time as Titans coach. And I remember it was after they drafted Taylor Lewan uh, in 2014 with the 11th overall pick, you know, Wisenhunt's, Wisenhunt's take on it was you're you're not going to pick this high in the draft very often this is where you get left tackles you need to you need to take advantage of that that's what we did in this draft now of course you know they picked earlier than that each of the next two years but uh but you know that 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 tackle spot and particularly since there's going to be a run on quarterbacks early in this draft it's uh it, it seems to set up really really well for the uh that the Titans need at left tackle as uh, as we run out of time here real quickly. Um, we talked about Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry, uh, Christian Fulton, Sean Murphy bunting uh, also headed for free agency. Aziz Alshire, Aaron Brewer, Danico Autry, uh, Morgan Cox, Chris Moore, Chris Hubbard, Nick Westbrook, Akina, uh, John Glennon, anyone in that group you feel the need to try and re-sign? You, you think this team should try to re-sign? Um, I didn't hear all the names, but I, I to me, Autry, far and away, primo, number one priority to uh, to try to re-sign. He's not a young man. He's also not uh, uh, nearly falling off any type of cliff. Uh, you know, he had a career year basically last year. What did he have, like 11 and a half? sacks or something like that and 50 tackles i think um so i think it, it would you know that's the kind of guy you want to put out some money for even if he is uh at the age he is um to me after that it's a drop off uh but number two probably aziz alshire um you know not like a pro bowl type guy i don't think but the guy had 160 tackles last year you know that's pretty productive uh, number of tackles for for a loss as well. You know, from all accounts, great great leader as well. And when you look at who else the Titans have at inside linebacker out the roster right now, I think that kind of ups his leverage a little bit. You know, there's not a whole lot around there. Um, and uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, I, I think questionable, but but too many penalties, beaten too often. Um, so those are my those are my top two guys. And people will not like me, but I will still say. If you need a depth receiver, NWI, I you know he's done some good things. He's proven a, proven his worth. Might go in that direction. Denard, you bringing back anybody to this roster from last year? And if I'm right now, I am on the phone with Danico Autry. You cannot <laughs> let him go. He's 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 gotten better with age. What a 28 and a half sacks over the last three seasons. Had his right. best year last year was 11 and a half sacks. You're talking about, and he turns 34 in July. He's just getting better. I mean, you're talking about your edge rusher and Danico, and then you're talking about the big man. I mean, you can't let him go. He is vital to that defense next year. Well, we shall uh, we shall see how these things unfold over the uh, the next couple of weeks. It certainly is getting to be a fun time. We know you'll be paying attention. Of course, we will too. And we will be back to talk about it next week and beyond on Believe in Titans with John Glennon. John, thank you as always. Thank you. Denard, thank you as always. Always. Welcome. Thank you. 
And thank you all, as always, for listening. This is Believe in Titan. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.